Ladies and gentlemen, the questions you've all been asking are now being answered. Welcome to another edition of It's All About Who You Know, the podcast where influential people discuss big topics in sports, faith, and more. Your host is a wrestler with Oregon State University. He has a 4.9 star Uber rating, and he interns for his pastor. Here is Christian Robertson. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. I'm back. Um, trying to be consistent. Guys, this podcast is going to be dropping every Monday, and uh, me and Gus are going to be doing it. <clears throat> this week was a little bit weird. Um, he was working a basketball game, so we had to make do with what we had, but try to get past that. I think the content is pretty good. I think what we talk about is is, is really good. Uh, he's about to wrestle the number one guy in the nation, uh, so we got into that a little bit, and then we talked about... Um, three pillars of faith for me and just what I think is uh, three very necessary things that every Christian in their life needs to have. And we're going to get into that. Um, Also, guys, I appreciate you being here. If you could subscribe. Uh, Also, I have a YouTube channel, just my name, Christian Robertson. Go over, check that out. If you want a topic, if you have something in mind that you want us to talk about or maybe want our insight, maybe some advice, um, you guys are more than welcome to DM me. My Instagram is at Barbell Robertson. And um, oh, what was the other thing? Uh, oh, yeah. And if somehow, some way this podcast has impacted you or is impacting you, um, maybe you just listened to uh, some of my older podcasts with some of the athletes. Uh, I, at this point, I should have had Colby Covington on Saturday. So um, if you haven't yet, go look look at that. I believe that's what's happening Um uh, but, uh, yeah, share this podcast with one person and, uh, let's, you know, let's have fun with this. If you were impacted, let me know, but, uh, we're going to get into it. Uh, I can't see you. Hey, can you hear me? I can hear you. What's that noise? In the oh background? my gosh. Oh dude, I'm at a basketball game. Are you serious? I'm at a basketball game right now. Cause you know what? I was like, Hey. Let's do something that nobody else does on a podcast. Let's do it during a basketball game. Yo, I would I would be like, that's cool. That's visionary. That's that's like intuitive. But I also have to say there's probably a reason nobody does it on a podcast. Hey, look, I'm trying to bring something new to the table. Listen, right, I've already pushed boundaries here. Listen, we've already brought new things. Guys, if you if you ever wondered what it would be like for two alpha male Christian wrestlers to be doing a podcast together from across the country, here you go. We don't know what this is going to be about. We don't know what it's going to lead to. We don't know what's going to be said. We might offend some people. People Wait, might be two, what? There's two alpha males on this podcast. <laughs> but you're a, I, I I included you in that list. Yes. No, 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 no. I know I am, but I mean. I mean, okay, we'll go with you two. We'll go with you two. We'll, That's fine. We'll, we'll, okay. Anyway, okay. hey, man, I almost got in a fight at practice yesterday. <laughs> oh, yeah? How was that? Uh, it was kind of stupid, but we won't get into that. <laughs> hey, fights are okay in wrestling sometimes, you know? Yeah, it, ha- yeah. it, it has to happen, honestly. It's, a viol- it's literally a combat sport. It's going to happen. What do you think Renfro would say right now if he saw you at a basketball game? If he saw me at a basketball game? But he would say, I'm happy that you're supporting your college, your fellow athletes, in their endeavors. That's awesome, man. Are you doing homework right now, too? Way to go, champ. Uh, yeah, dude. I wanted to. <laughs> I was in that scrap. 
Yeah, dude. I'm doing homework right now, or I was, and it is, let me tell you, it's awful. What are you working I on? I was doing some, like, exercise science stuff, like exercise phys- physiology. Oh, my gosh. Oh. Product placement there. Uh, people can't see, but you're holding up some body armor. I am holding up body armor. Shout out to body you armor. Sponsored. You just got sponsored by them, right? Yeah, I think they were like, dude, let me get I on did. podcast. I lost my NCAA eligibility. And oh my gosh! <laughs> they're going to change that rule, though. Aren't they changing the rule? Twenty twenty three, baby. Twenty twenty three. Hey, good for them, right? Good. For oh them. my gosh, that is a, that is a, I I firmly believe if the NCAA had it their way, college athletes would not even be able to have jobs. I know. <laughs> like it's such a, like how can you not like, like me? I can't sell T-shirts because like, I know it's against NCAA rule. It's like, bro. Have you like like you know you have to go to those you have to go to those NCAA compliance meetings at the beginning of every year and you're like oh my gosh okay I get it we can't do anything Seriously, at all we're slaves it's a business <laughs> leave me alone like now I know that wrestlers or at least me you know like at my small division two school I'm not gonna make any money doing wrestling and that's okay that's why I you, get it There's that's some- why you jumped on the podcast uh huh exactly yeah I see I saw all the lucrative possibilities doing this with you because that's why i decided to do it that's a smart decision that you made uh look look, those football players and like in alabama and stuff like that like you know as an example they deserve to get some like to be able to make some sort of money you know for all the work they're putting in yeah i don't think necessarily you should have to uh like i don't think the school should pay for it oh yeah but if you can but if they can make regulations to where like you can promote yourself oh yeah like if you want to sell autographs or make get some sort of your Something. jersey like yeah there's yeah there's no i mean we'll just think like in my position like let's say my youtube channel blew up while i'm mm-hmm. still in college like technically i can't collect any money off that yeah. that's kind of like that's annoying that's weird yeah that's yeah that's that is weird what were you saying what are you working on just exercise physiology stuff you know i had to, i had to do a quiz on it online quiz yeah, that was tough. I got like an 85 on it. I know. I know. Sarcomeres and mild liberals. And, you know, it's, I don't even know if I'm pronouncing all that right, but it's there. I have a, uh, I have a kinesiology class this term, and it is, has nothing to do with kinesiology. It's just the teacher's way of preaching her political agenda, which I, oh, thought, yeah. I thought would somehow, some way not be found in a kinesiology course, but they made a way. They made a way. Hey, man. There's a will, there's a way. So what was her political agenda? Curious. <sighs> All right, I'm probably going to get eaten alive on this. Um, uh, you're going to get eaten alive by me, okay? Because I'm on the left right now. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> get off my podcast. Dude, one week in California, it'll do it, man. Oh, gosh. Um, so it's uh, power and privilege in sport, which I don't really know how that's a kinesiology course. But somehow, some way, like our, like just to give you a, like a understanding, like our first assignment, we had to list all the reasons we have white privilege and, oh, yeah. and like how we've benefited from it. And it was just like, it was very daunting and annoying to me that I had to do that. But yeah, I could see that. Like it's, it's annoying to one second. Yeah. Isn't there another parking lot? Uh, yeah, there's one like right there. Over in this way, Gus Boyd helping people out. If you obviously you guys can't see what's going on, but Gus is working like the table, directing people at a basketball game. 
I'm driving to traffic, baby. I'm and he's doing a, a podcast. Okay, guys. And I'm doing a podcast and homework at the same time. Stop. Just, Focus on one thing at a time. Record. All right. No, but seriously, this gets into our um, – let, let's just get right into it. This gets into our first piece of advice, guys. You have to focus on what you are doing. Focused excellence. Uh, Don't multitask. You will multitasking fail. Multitasking is not a thing for average people. But if you're an exceptionary – exceptional. exceptional. <laughs> is exceptionary even a word? I think I just ruined my credibility with that. Did you say credit ability too? One second. Hey. No, you're good. In the tiger den? Yeah, the target den is just yeah, right out those doors. Yes, man. Tiger den. Yeah. I'm just helping strangers. I, you know? I can't even edit this because it's too much work for me. So we're just going to keep it in. Yeah, I'm just, you know, just being a good Samaritan out here. But no, no okay. They did studies within companies, and the companies that had about 11 goals finished none of them. Companies that had about five to six to seven goals and within that range finished like 50% of them. And the companies that focused on one to two to three goals, almost 90 to 100% of those goals were accomplished. Oh, yeah. Man. I, can, I, I, I can believe that. I think focus, focus is an essential part of trying to achieve anything. Oh, for sure. Um, just look at my grades right now. Like, like that I've, I've been focusing on YouTube and podcasting and trying to do a little bit of schoolwork on the side. And it's like, I mean, it's tough. It's tough out here. If you know, your whatever your priorities are, you know, it's other things are going to fall. Speaking of priorities. So, um, you, we talked about this. Did we talk about this last week? Yeah, I think we did. So you are wrestling the number one ranked guy in the nation this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. So I want to – first of all, what's his name? Do you know? Uh, uh, Ryan Vassbender. I don't know if I'm blast. You know, okay. I think that's something like his name. Yeah, something like that. Uh, he's going to get like 100,000 followers now on Instagram. You're welcome, yeah, Ryan. Yeah, uh, welcome. So, like, what uh, – how do you feel about this? Like, how is – I mean, this is obviously probably the best guy you've wrestled since you've been in school. Yeah. Uh, so, last yeah, and last time I wrestled him was at the biggest Division Two tournament of the year, other than the national championship, and it was Midwest Classic in December. And I wrestled him in the, I want to say it was the quarterfinals. Mm. And so it's like about a thirty-five man bracket, something like that. And I wrestled him in the quarterfinals, and I lost. Not, I didn't do very well. Uh, I lost eight to one. Oh jeez! Uh, yeah, yeah, I didn't do very well. I gave up uh, one takedown at the first period, and then another takedown at the end. And then he got he's, but that's not his specialty. His specialty is top, and he's oh. really good on top. And he ended up getting uh, a, uh, a tilt on me at the end. Just a hammer. So, yeah, he's yeah, he's good, man. He's good. So, my thoughts going into this is like, I for first, I got nothing to lose. You know, I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna win. I'm going to be competitive, but it's also, I have nothing to lose. He has everything to lose. And my actual strategy for going into it is just staying in good position. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously like, you know, if I'm not getting scored on, he's not, he's not scoring any points. Yeah. So, uh, so not get taken down and to do my game. Yeah. Know, get my fence off, get my shots off, get, get my positioning. And, uh, Yeah. Are, are you excited or nervous at all? Like how, like as far as like, I mean, you kind of 
explain like what you're thinking but like how are you feeling about it like are you just like yeah this is gonna be fun or are you kind of like yeah dread uh, a little it's bit definitely, it's a little bit nervous a little bit anxiety towards it yeah and but that's okay that's a good thing because yeah. I, I remember i someone someone told me a long time ago it was like if it doesn't make you a little bit scared a little bit nervous then it's not really worth doing yeah i um yeah. i, I want to elaborate on the uh one thing too because i did um I took a psychology course last year and he told us like at the beginning of the year, like w this day, this particular day, like at the end of the term, you want to be there because it's the most like powerful class you'll have. And, and it 100% was because he talked about stress and like anxiety and how that's basically just your body going into fight or flight mode and um, like stress or like anxiety is a good thing. If you look at it as a good, like as a good thing, like they did studies on people that, um, think of stress as a good thing. They did studies on people that don't really have any opinion of stress and then people that think stress is negative. And they found that over the longevity of their lives, the people that thought that stress was a good thing had the longest like lifespan. Like that. Wow. So like stress is basically your body and your mind or your mind telling your body like, hey, something's about to happen. Like we need to prepare for this. Like just like like fight or flight like if you're about to get in a fight like your body kind of like starts like shaking a little bit like it's preparing to fight and that's kind of yeah. like that that's what stress is and the outlook that you have on stress is more important than the actual stress itself yeah yeah definitely i think you know when, you, when your hands start shaking a little bit and you get that feeling in your chest it's just like that adrenaline kicking in you know, it is an uncomfortable feeling yeah. for sure. But like, that's like, you know, that's kind of giving you prepared for an uncomfortable situation. Yeah. You know? And and that kind of gives me that extra little bit of, uh, I don't know, just kind of pep in my step, a little bit more concentration and focus. I'm like, okay, so it's, it's, it's getting real, you know, let's, let's do it. And you can either, like you said, you can either be scared of that and run away from it, or you can confront that fear. And I think that's a big part of growing in life is confronting the things that you're scared of. Yeah, I, I feel like for me, like I've always looked to like how to get rid of that feeling and talking to like the best athletes mm. in the world. Like I found out like and like staying with them and living with them and, you know, training with them like they don't you don't get rid of that feeling. Like that's mm -hmm. why people are the best. It's not because they found a way to get rid of it. It's because they've actually like done the hard work of like figuring out how to deal with it. Yeah. And I think yeah. I think that's like scary for a lot of people too to think like, wait, there's no like magic pill to get rid of this like you actually have to embrace it yeah yeah that's uh it's like i said that's a big part of growth is, is facing those fears i heard a i listened to like i listened to like some psychology guys talk a lot and this one guy i listened to joseph campbell he has this f uh, famous phrase is if you, ha you have to go into the dark cave to get the treasure mm. you know you have to go into the unknown into and to face danger to get the reward, yeah. you know? And if you're never facing challenges, then you're not going to get any rewards and you're not going to be able to look at yourself with respect. That's what I've noticed too. Yeah. Yeah, no, I often think, and I think you could probably relate to this, like just coming out of high school, like, <clears throat> like I really would have just, I feel like just selling yourself short, like is so, like maybe it's easy and maybe it feels like, like almost like ignorance is bliss, but it's not fulfilling or rewarding or anything like that. You know, like I feel like, mm -hmm. like I was, so I had to host, um, 
church the other day. So like basically what the host does is they go up after the band and like kind of just present like what's happening um, at, you know, what, uh, like they go up before the pastor and they introduce the pastor and they like introduce tithes and offering and stuff like that. Then they go at the end and they pray and, you know, tell everybody like any announcements or whatever. And I was thinking about it and I was like, I was, I'm always really nervous to do it. And I'm just like, you know, like it'd be a lot easier if somebody else did this job, but I don't think I'm called to do easy things, you know, like, like this is what like a leader does. This is what a, um, like, this is the price you pay if you want something, like if you want to do something, um, like, let's say, you know, you're like, let's say like, uh, like somebody gets hurt in a football game and, and now it's your time to step up. You're the quarterback, you know, Tom Brady or whoever gets hurt and you got to step up. Like that's a nerve wracking feeling. And a, a big part of you is like, Oh, it would just be so much easier if somebody else like stepped in and did it for me, but there's no reward for that. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. Like that's, mm-hmm. that's the feeling everybody has and they either embrace it or they crumble under it. Yeah. Yeah. I think so. I think, I think that's Matthew seven thirteen where Jesus talks about, uh, you, you have two choices. You can either take the wide path and that's easier and everyone takes, but that is surely going to lead to your own destruction or you can take the narrow path, which hardly anybody takes and it's harder, but that will lead to life. And I think that's, yeah, I, well, I have the, I have the, the verse right here. Wide... Yeah, go ahead. Uh, it's, um, yeah, it is Matthew seven thirteen. Good job on that reference, by the way, too. I've also got some Bible verses we can get into in a little bit, but uh, it says, "Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter it enter by it are many." And then fourteen says, "For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few." So go ahead. And- yeah, and I, yeah, I think that's. I think I think he's talking about heaven there obviously in the afterlife and like through Jesus and that is the road. But I think you can also take that practically and just like the situations that you were describing, you know, like taking the easy way is every, a lot of people do it, but there's not rewarding at all. You can't look at yourself with any respect and it's probably going to lead to you. It's probably going to lead for bad things for not only you, but other people for taking the easy way. But when you take the hard way intentionally and do the, the difficult things intentionally, then it's good for you and for those around you as well. Yeah. I mean, I think, I don't think he's necessarily a hundred percent talking about salvation there because it goes into works and obviously we're not saved by works, but I think sanctification and being built up is maybe what he's more alluding to, you know, because that is a tough road like that. There is like some things that you got to put in, like some efforts that you got to put in some disciplines that you have to implement into your life. If you want a more rewarding, more fruitful, like more kingdom driven life. And I, I, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, it's funny. I'm in this spiritual formations class and the definition of spirit formation that in this class is allowing God to transform you into the earth, allowing God to conform you into the image of Jesus Christ. Mm. And, and that's like, I think with the Sermon on the Mount and all the principles that he's talking about there is like, that is like the image of Jesus, or like that is how Christ acts. And if you can act that way, that's the best way to worship God is through uh, through your character and how you act throughout your day-to-day life, and th- like in public and private, yeah, you know. 
Yeah, that's good, man. Um, <clears throat> well, let's get into these. Um, you know, I don't want to keep you too long this week. I'm going to be a little bit shorter. Uh, but I do want to talk about those three pillars I was talking to you about. And uh, I haven't filled the, the listeners in. But um, I have found in my own life that there's, um, there's three necessities that every Christian needs to do or implement or have. And, and those three are prayer, Bible reading, and godly community. And, uh, I mean, what do you think about that, Gus? Uh, so let's go on the last one there, godly community. Yeah. I think that's essential because in the Bible, we learn about the triune nature of God. Yeah. God is a trinity. So in the beginning, there was the Word, and the Word became flesh, and that's, that's Jesus Christ. In the beginning, there was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And But that's all one. And it's a really hard concept to explain, but... If we understand that God is in fellowship with itself, if God, the creator, the perfect God is in fellowship with itself, what does that say about us? We also need fellowship. Yeah. You know, we also need relationships with other people and also with God. And that kind of ties into the prayer deal, you know, in the scripture reading. Yeah, I just, um, I've got some verses here, but just to kind of elaborate on that, because I don't want to drop like a big like community and then, or like a, a, a thing. Uh, like something somebody should do and not have it backed up. But uh, the first verse is um, Genesis two eighteen, and it says, "Then the Lord God said, It is not good for that, or it is not good that man should be alone. I will make him a helper fit for him." And um, I just really think, like just from the beginning, like there's a there's a like we're called to be in community. Now, obviously, he's talking about you know Adam uh, and his wife. But just like from the beginning of the earth, like from the foundations of the earth, like like what you said, like God is in a trinity and, and he's not calling people to be alone. And and I just think that's so powerful that like we need community. And I feel like for me, and like you can elaborate on this after I'm done with this thought too, but like just having like godly community around has been like the most, one of the most impactful things of my life. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I know you probably have some of that, but what do you think about like? on that just on that topic in general well i think it's i think it's fascinating how how our technology has improved and we're more quote-unquote connected more than ever but everyone is also more isolated and lonely and depression is seems to be on the rise i don't know if that's more people are just aware of what depression is or people more actually depressed but i think there is this like a there is a loneliness at least in america i feel like that people don't have that sense of community that you're talking about, you know, and that uh, that community in Christ, I feel like, is a really special one because people, like a community in Christ, everyone has really the high virtues that they describe what God is, is truth and love. Yeah. And so to people, when people like put those ideals at their top, highest priority truth and love it's like wow i can trust you i and i I know that i need to love you and you're gonna love me and it creates a lot of group cohesiveness i think yeah i mean um i I would just say like and this next verse uh it kind of goes along the same topic but um just to commend you a little bit but like uh proverbs 27 17 it says that uh as iron sharpens iron so does one man sharpen another and i mean we talk what once, twice a week for the last three years since we left NEO. Something yeah, we like, talk a lot, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Some might say too much. It gets it gets annoying sometimes. 
I know. What'd you say? Say that again. You're cutting out. Like, man, this guy keeps calling me. What do you want, man? Can you hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you now. I'm like, dude, this guy keeps calling me. He can't catch a sign. Can't catch a signal, man. What? But whatever. I'm just kidding. Is it still? Is this still a poor connection? Okay. I can't really see you very well. But no, I would just commend you on that because I think, and just godly community in general, like. Dude, being around some people that can being around people that can like that see your flaws and know like how to get you to change, like that's I, I feel like that's powerful. Like I feel like that is a necessity that every Christian needs in their life. Okay, two seconds. I know since we're on a deep theological discussion about Christianity and fellowship and community, I wanna just bring a guest on the podcast that just happened to be my presence one of the best people i know eden Patel from zimbabwe from africa okay she is one of the most devout christians i know and is a really good spiritual leader in our community i feel like that's why i feel like i should just let her just say hi to the people real quick okay in a second here put these in say hi hi Hi, everybody how's it going uh did you you said your name was Eden? Yes. So uh, Gus and I were just talking about, um, we we're talking about faith, but I uh, made the assertion that there's three things that every Christian needs, and it's um, they need to pray regularly, they need to read their Bible, and they need godly community. What would you think about those three? And was there anything you would add to that? Hmm. I completely agree in those three. Um, first of all, we have... Um, no relationship with God unless we talk to him, and that's through prayer. Um, we cannot know God unless we read his word. Um, it is a primary way he reveals himself to us. He is the word made flesh um, who dwelt among us, Jesus Christ. Um, we have to have community to grow. There's not such thing as a lone survivor Christian. Um, fourthly, I'd say we have to have um, like ministry of an avenue to grow. So like... Um, whether that's like going on mission trips or being actively, I guess, involved in the community, but okay. we need to have a way to share our faith too. I guess that could fit under community though. So. Gotcha. Thank you. I appreciate it. Sure. Well, I hope you guys all have a good podcast and God bless. Thank you so much, uh, Eden. Why are you bringing random people on my show? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, she came over. I'm just I, messing with you, was, bro. I'm say hi. She it all was on. I'm, I'm kidding. No, that was great. No, no, she's, awesome. a, she's an awesome person. So. Say that. She's say taught that me more. a lot. Yeah. She's taught me a lot. No, she seemed great. I, dude. Yeah, I have, she's taught me a lot. Yeah. I have no. I had no problems with that. She. Uh, she. I mean, she hit the nail on the head with what she was talking about too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Um. Yeah, she's got a lot of spiritual insight. Well, we talked a little bit about community. Um, I think maybe what a better thing to do. Actually, you know what? Let's. Uh, I was gonna say maybe we we go into some of these on a on a later time, but I think we can talk about them now. But um, <clears throat> just going back to that, like reading, like reading your Bible. Yes. Uh, this is. I I feel like we we had a. I was in a Bible study one time, and people were asking like, "What are some things that you can do to like grow your relationship with God?" And, and I really feel like prayer 
and reading your Bible is like the communication of it, you know? And uh, I just, I, not like not one person in that Bible study had said anything about reading your Bible. They were, and I just, I feel like that was a huge miss. And I feel like reading is something that our generation like does not like to do. And I think it's really sad. And I would just encourage any Christian out there, like get the Bible app, get like a, a hard copy Bible or something and open it every single day. Like I've, I've seen so many benefits in my own life. I've seen like God do some amazing things. And like what you said last week, Gus, like it's the living word. Like it continues to like minister to you in different aspects of your life. Like it will never just be a, um, like something that is only applicable to one situation, but it truly works. And I mean, it truly ministers to you in all walks of life. Oh yeah, certainly. I think, you know, I think this past year is the most I've been, I've ever read of the Bible just as in this past, this year alone. And I've, I've enjoyed it thoroughly. I've loved it a lot. I just got done reading John, mm. the, you know, the gospel of John. And that was really, that was really cool. Uh, reading that I was reading the parts. One thing that stuck out to me was when Jesus was praying to God after he had, uh, had the last supper and and it was it was really powerful because I'm like I'm thinking, okay, if this is how Jesus prays, then what does that say how I should pray? Yeah. And Jesus a lot of the times is he's he, he talks about God, I want my disciples to get to know you. And he's praying for other people. And I found that's really powerful. that kind of goes into prayer, the prayer uh, pillar. In prayer I found the way that really makes me feel like I'm like I'm getting it is when I pray for other people, and not only that, but to pray that they get to know God's love and to get to know God. You know, yeah. And I think that's uh, that's really a fulfilling feeling. Yeah, there's two two big things I was really convicted on like these last couple weeks, <clears throat> and one of them I was listening to this sermon that this guy was doing, and he was talking about um, like I just really noticed for myself. Like I was kind of like, as far as spiritually, like in prayer, like almost immature because, and selfish, definitely selfish would be a way because every, I, I looked at myself, I was like, everything I'm praying for has to do with me, like what I want, how I want to. And I was like, imagine how much life would change if I started praying for everyone else around me. Like if I stopped just praying for my own self, like, because that's like, I mean, like that's a deep rooted issue. And I really felt God was like, hey, Christian, like, we need to grow in this area. Like, you, all your prayers, like, the majority of your prayers seemingly revolve around yourself. Like, why don't we start taking that and doing some, like, why don't we, why don't we take our prayer and, and try to make it beneficial for everybody else as opposed to just yourself? And so I was really convicted on that a few weeks ago. So I'm trying, like, and obviously there's still, like, a selfish nature there. Um, I think, you know, as athletes, as, you know, strong people, uh, like or strong men in general, just like, it's hard to not have selfish ambitions. Like as a guy looking to go into business and, you know, starting a brand, like it's hard not to have selfish ambitions. And, and, you know, obviously the Bible, the Bible talks about like those who humble themselves will be exalted. Those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And so I, yeah, like I said, I was really convicted about that. And then another thing too, I was convicted about was um complaining about people and 
especially mm. I complaining about people I haven't prayed about. Like somebody does something annoying yeah. or somebody does something to hurt you or harm you. And the first thing you want to do is start complaining. It's like, what is complaining doing in that situation? Complaining is not doing anything. Like, honestly, if it's doing anything, it's harming yourself as opposed to, Oh, what yeah. what could a what could immediate prayer for this human being do? One, it humbles you because it's like I don't want to pray for this person at all times. But you know what? It's actually gonna like. Do I want to see somebody change, or would I rather just complain about them? And so like now, like God really struck my heart and was like, Hey, if if you see something you don't like, pray about it. Don't complain first. Go to me first. Don't go to whatever another outlet first like come to me first like let's make it like let all do something about it yeah i think yeah complaining i mean i look i'm i'm guilty of it just as much as anybody you know but i think i think you're right complaining leads to like a toxic mentality and it does nothing for that person nor you and it's bad for it's bad for both parties and i think you're absolutely right whenever you go to pray for that other person first it's such a humbling a humbling act and experience. And I think that's one of the real core concepts of, of Christianity is humbling yourself yeah. and realizing it's not you, but something higher than you, something greater than yourself. And another thing too, is like with that whole part of, of praying for other people, I've realized that, you know, they, I remember when you're kids, you're told it's better to give than receive. And you're like, okay, yeah, right. Right. I like getting gifts and stuff, yeah. but I've noticed in my own, life it feels so good to like just seem the smallest thing to give somebody a compliment you know to like oh i might have like just made their day just a little bit better or to just help somebody out and it really it really does make me feel good when i help somebody else out or make them feel better about themselves or their situation and uh yeah i think i think you're right yeah no um like yeah i mean it is a weird concept, especially as a kid, like you're very selfish, like everything's like me, me, me. And um, like, it is better to give than receive. Like I've found in my life, and I think you know this, but like I have a kind of a motto, like no empty rooms, like just elaborating on that. Like it's be a blessing or be blessed to be a blessing. Like I don't believe in my life. Like I don't believe that I should have like money or wealth or power or possessions that I shouldn't share and, and the no empty mm. rooms kind of goes into like you know if I have a big house one day I don't want you know I don't want a lot of empty space like I want people in the rooms like I want people to know that they can come stay with me whether it's like fighters or friends or somebody just down on their luck like whatever it is and and I think <clears throat> I've seen so much joy come from other people giving and I've seen it in my own life too. It, I mean, it really does. Like you get to a point where you really don't just want to receive. Like you want to see somebody else's life changed by what, like you're able to do for them. And you don't want to do. And and it's it's not because you can get anything from it. It's just because that is how your heart is. You want to see somebody changed by your actions. Yeah, I think, and I think. What it is in particular, the more that I've been reading scripture and studying it a little bit, is I think that is the aspect of the Holy Spirit. Mm. You know, it talks, and Jesus talks, I was like, okay, once I'm gone, 
uh, I'm going to go to the Father, and I'm going to be in the, the after Jesus says, after I'm gone, the Advocate. This is going to come. I think it's the Advocate, or yeah. Ambassador, Advocate, ambassador. Helper. Like it, there's a lot of um, some some translations say Spirit. Like there's a lot of different translations, but basically, yes, yeah. the Holy Spirit. It's about the Spirit coming. Yeah, and like that's what like really intertwines the community and the relationship. And acts it's, it's deeper than that. It's, it's you know, but that's. But that's how I think like that relation, like that experience that we're talking about. Yeah. The Holy Spirit, you know? And the Holy Spirit is like a, another eight podcasts that we can do. So maybe we'll just keep this brief. But yeah, basically like the Holy Spirit is like our ability to live a Christ centered life, like our ability to walk in what Christ has for us, like our ability to follow these laws and to follow Jesus, like is the Holy Spirit. Like, you know, sometimes when you, like a lot of people talk about their conscious or something. Like, I think that's the spirit like tugging at your heart. Like when I said I was convicted, like that was the spirit saying, Hey, like, let's start praying for people more. Like, let's stop being selfish. Like that's what the spirit does. Like it convicts and it constructs and it leads to a more fruitful, better life that is more in tune with what God's plan is for you. Yeah. And I think, you know, in, like in the aspect, just while we're on this topic of uh, kind of, transcending the self a little bit and kind of getting really tied more with the community and and with the, the Holy Spirit. Psychology is starting to kind of catch up with this a little, little bit. And I've read uh, this this really cool guy named Jonathan Haidt. And first of all, though, it's interesting because he's an atheist, but he is, why, but he's a, like I me, mean, I know, but he's a big proponent of religion, and the, especially the Judeo-Christian values. And he talks about whenever a lot of, like he uses this as an example, uh, or like when a lot of Christians get together in fellow worship, like music, and, they, and you have that feeling of transcending the self, and you all become part of one, like the body of Christ, like the Bible talks about. Mm -hmm. Whenever you become like that body of Christ, it's he calls that, uh, that is like a notice, and he's he's called it the hive switch. It's like when you start to, like in beehives, they, they, they're not. They don't think as one, but they they don't think of. They think all for one and one for all. Hey, can you can you elaborate on the beehive thing again? Because it kind of cut out and I couldn't hear you very well. Sorry, guys. This is not a. His end is not. Yeah. So great. yeah. Yeah. It's the it's the poor connection. It says that on there. Sorry. Oh, but, you're good. Uh, bud. Yeah. It's like he talks about like this sort of. He talks about this sort of hive switch that kind of turns on whenever we enter a a worship setting when wherever we're worshiping with uh, like especially a bunch of other christians or even doesn't even have to be that much but that's like experience of and sin and it's no longer about me but i feel part of this community part of that body of christ yeah part of something larger myself yeah and i think that even like an atheist has recognized this phenomena and it cannot be clear as cannot uh really understand it fully himself but he recognizes that it's there he was able to observe. So this is in a Christian context, though, what you're saying. He observed it in a Christian context. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's, he's observed it in a Christian context. He's observed it, and uh, he talks about it. It happens in times of war as well when soldiers get together, and he talks about it uh, in different aspects too, but he actually specifically referenced the Christian context as well. Yeah, that's just... And for that specific scenario. And he also... Oh, I was just going to say, that's a lot like, um, like the Bible says, like where two or more are gathered in my name, those there I shall be like, and I, I think 
I mean, I think he, that's what he's observing mm -hmm. is seeing people gathered in Jesus' name and, and crazy things are happening. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it, it's, a, it's, it's a divine mystery for sure. We don't know what's all going on, but we know something's happening. You know, I think, I think scripture is a really good way to get a better glimpse at what's going on. Yeah. You know, without a doubt. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And, and, and that's, and, and that's why that um, is the second on my list is reading scripture. And I, and I had a few verses written down, but if I rattle them off all at the same time, it's just going to sound a little weird, but I just want to say one verse. It's Psalm 119, 105. Guys, go look at this up. Look this up. It's your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I think that's just so powerful. Like <clears throat> if you think about a lamp, a lamp doesn't have much illumination to it. It's not a flashlight. Like it's not, especially obviously in this time they didn't have flashlights, but it's like a light to my path. Like it's like the next step. Like the word gets you to the next step and the next step. And I think that's where trust comes in with, with God as like, his word is going to get you to the next step and the next step. And I, yeah, I just, I think that's, I think that's what it's alluding to in this scripture specifically is that God's word is giving you that next step, not the full plan because maybe we're not ready to hear the full plan, but it gives you that next step. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think the, the Bible, outlines a, really, a lot of really good values and how one should live just their, even their day-to-day -day life. You know, when, they, when, they, when you really start to have your mind set on God and Jesus Christ and trying to be more like that, then that's going to that's gonna start to dictate your day-to-day your -day choices. You say, okay, like, I want to let go of my will and I want God to take over that will. Then that's really going to have a big impact on how you live your life and try to live a life of holiness, you know. And that's yeah. the best way of worship as well. Like I talked about earlier. That's the best way to worship is to try to act like Jesus would act, do what Jesus would do. Yeah, no, I, I think you're definitely. Uh, I think you're onto something. Like I think, um, I think, I think that is a big aspect of worship, and, and I, I think also too, like <clears throat> I think God wants us to worship in our day to day life, like what we're doing, like our work. Um, like I honestly think, like us talking about unpopular, un uh, unpopular topics like this, like could be an aspect of worship, in my opinion. Like I've, I mean, there's so. Why do you think it's unpopular? Why do I think? Sorry to cut you off. I'm curious. Yeah, why do you think it's unpopular? Because it is. <clears throat> I I think talking about faith and talking about Christianity is unpopular because there is a very real and present enemy that is doing every single thing he can to get as many people on his side before his time has come. I think that's what it boils. I think I could say a lot of other things that are happening in the world or a lot of other social constructs, but I, I truly, I think it goes back to the garden. Like it, why Eve was tempted to, to sin against God is because, you know, there was somebody tempting her and obviously that was her decision to make. And so, you know, Adam and Eve, that was their decision to make. But yeah, I would say, I would say it's unpopular because there's a very real and present enemy that does not want this to be heard and is doing whatever he can to skew the message and put a bad rap on it and make Christians and make Jesus look foolish and harmful and disgusting in whatever way he can. Yeah, I think, I think some of it, just from my own opinion, what I look at is I think a lot of us, we want to, 
Christianity has a lot of these rules, quote unquote rules, like it's, it's like the, the God, the Father acts as a judge, and people are like, I don't want to be judged, I want to do what I want to do, I don't want to do what somebody, like, you know, like this God says, no, you should not do X, X, Y, Z, you should not be having premarital sex, or uh, and doing all these, or doing all these bad things, you shouldn't steal, you shouldn't lie, and all those, and people are like, oh, I don't want to be told what to do, I think that's an act of rebellion, that people that just, they, they hear that and they're like, okay, I'm turned off. I don't want to listen to something or follow some sort of creed or faith that puts me in these confines, you know, without, and they, and I think that's a, I think that's a mistake. I mean, obviously it's a mistake, Yeah. but it's, it's sad that they can't see that it's a mistake. Yeah, no, it is sad. I've, I've, I don't know how, and I, you can definitely attest this. How many people have you come into contact with that are like, oh, you know, I went to church or I grew up or whatever, and I, this person really rubbed me the wrong way, so I just stopped going. It's like, you can't, you can't go to, you, <clears throat> you can't base your faith on a creator God on how somebody else, you know, that is living contrary to that is doing it. You know what I mean? Like if somebody's living and that's just a sad fact and that's the reality that Christians live in and that people live in is like, you're going to turn people away from Christ and you're going to turn, turn people towards Christ based on your actions. That's just how it is. And, and it's kind of sad at times when you see somebody act a certain way that is clearly not how Christ would act. And then that gets attributed to how Jesus is. And, and then people, therefore, make their decision based on if they're going to follow Jesus on that negative action. And, and I think that's really sad. And I, I do think that's an issue. And, um, you know, and I think that's where that, uh, what we were talking about earlier, uh, what, was it Matthew seven thirteen like the narrow gate? Like, that's a hard route. Like, it's not easy living the Christian lifestyle. It's not popular because there's an enemy that hates us. And, um, but it does, it, it is true. I mean, just bottom line, it is true. And I, I heard the analogy one time. I like to use this analogy, you know, when people kind of bash at me for my faith or bash at other people for their faith or, you know, they see Christians and they're like, oh, why are they doing this? It's like, think about it this way. If there's a, if there's a grouping of people, if there's just a large community of people that are all starving, just hungry, like nowhere, nowhere to get food, nothing, and somebody knows where to get food and they hold that to themselves, they don't live that out, they don't tell anybody they don't share with other people. There's plenty of food to go around, but they don't share with anybody where to get it. That's selfish. And that's a Christian that keeps his mouth shut about their faith. Oh, yeah, that's powerful. Really powerful. You know what I mean? Yeah, I never thought about it that way. Okay, yeah. So it's like... Yeah, because I've explained to people, I've explained to some people going through a hard time, and, you know, they're, uh, you know, they're non-believers. Hey, can you uh, can you put the microphone closer? Yeah, sorry, it's getting a little louder in here. Can you hear me better now? Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah, and and like these are people that have no relationship with God, and they're depressed, and they're feeling all this anxiety, and they they just feel lost. And I try to explain to them that you know there is an unconditional love of jesus christ and it's like a bottomless well it can never runs dry yeah. and relying on yourself and other people that is a well that will eventually run dry if you start to try to fill a void with other people or material things or yourself and and not try to fill it with something that is eternal something that is unconditional something that is gracious and and, and it's and that is jesus christ you know and I try to explain that to me, but as soon as I say that word, Jesus Christ, shut down. <laughs> they're like, they're like turned off. Yeah. You know? And I think that's interesting. 
Yeah. And, and that's kind of something I've been like, you know, you hear people, uh, like, I, I mean, you hear like athletes or something, they'll, they could say, Oh, I just want to thank God. And it's like, okay. But the second they say Jesus, it's like, Ooh, no, 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 no. And I think there's more going on there. I think there's a spiritual factor to that. Um, but yeah, it is, um, you do at times have to be a little strategic and it is, you know, one of those things. But I also think like there is power in speaking like the name, uh, you know, I mean, the Bible says like by his name, like demons will flee. And so I think there's power in that. And, um, and man, I would, I would say, you know, just keep doing it, keep saying it because people are going to know what you stand for. They're going to know who you stand for. And, um, man, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in that. And, uh, it's like what I was saying with the bread. Like, do you think that guy that knows where all the bread is, is going to be, you know, upset if people make like mess or make fun of him or ridicule him for knowing where the bread is? No, he's going to be upset because those people are starving and that's how it should be. He's not upset that he's getting made fun of. I'm sorry. You're fine. There's a question. Can I the bill right Can you, is there a bus right there? No, he not drive. Oh, uh, I think he might. It might be better. Yeah, so like I was saying. Um, I can't mute him, but uh, sorry about that, guys. Um, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I say like the last ten seconds. I was just gonna say like, uh, he should be upset that people are suffering, not that he's getting made fun of. And I think that's where, because it's like, I know where the bread is. Like, I know where people can get food, but nobody want like, people don't want to listen to me. And, and also too, like, let's say two people come and start saying where there's food to get. Like, just like two Christians come, there's more power in that. There's more influence with multiple people saying it with a wave of people, a community. And, and I just think that's how a Christian life should be is like, I'm not concerned with how people's opinion is of me. I'm telling them the truth. I'm more concerned with whether or not they're going to respond to it and how they're going to respond to it. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, the truth is, it kind of it hits you in a bunch of different ways. It can be like really, you get, the truth can sting sometimes to some people. And sometimes the truth of the Jesus Christ and, and the Father and things like that, it's like, okay, that makes him realize I'm living the wrong way. Yeah. I'm not doing what I should be doing. I'm, I'm you know, like uh, sinning. You know, I'm not yeah. doing, I'm doing X, Y, and Z that is bad. And that's like, they feel that conviction. And then so they turn off. Like, and that kind of goes back to our initial conversation about challenges. You know, people are like, they, they, a lot of people shy away from challenges. Yeah. And, you know, God is a, is a gracious, is a gracious uh, force, but it's also a convicting force. Yeah. You know, and you have to be able to take that criticism from the, from your creator. You know, a lot of people are like, you know, I don't want that. I want to just do me and, and, you know, ignorance is bliss. And I think that's a mistake. Yeah. And I, th- I think too, you kind of touched on it a little bit <clears throat> and I would say this and you, you kind of asked like, you know, what do you think that is? But I also think the uneasiness that comes when people hear Jesus is there's not really it's it's pretty black and white. Once you say that, there's no gray area. It's like if you say God, you know, people can interpret that as, oh, the universe or, um, you know, spirituality or whatever, like, you know, maybe your own personal God. But if you say Jesus, that's a pretty narrow concept that most people understand, like, 
Jesus is Lord of your life, if that's what you're accepting. And that's not something a lot of people are willing to, to do. I mean, I think most of the reason people don't believe in God and most of the atheists I've encountered, it, it, it's not a disbelief. It's an inability and undesire to submit to a higher authority. And, and in, the Christian, in the Christian sphere, we call that lordship, giving Jesus lordship. And, um, and I think that is where a big issue lies is, you know, if I have to submit to this God, well, I don't measure up to that. So then, therefore, like, I don't like that. I don't like that I'm not the moral authority of my own universe. But if I make myself God, then I get to set whatever standard I want. And I think that's, again, the narrow, or the, you know, the wide gate. Like, that's easier for a lot of people to do. Yeah, that's a, that's a big creeping up idea. I don't even want to yeah, creeping small word. It's, it's here, and it's been here since the, you know, the dawn of the 20th century. That's moral relativism. Yeah, you know, and I think that has led to a lot of catastrophe, moral relativism, and that's the idea that there is no, there isn't any absolute truth. And I think, again, that kind of goes back to our original conversation about focus. And I think with all this ambiguity and people's, you know, they, they, yeah, they say the universe and there's lack of a concentration of central point in terms of the divine, then that leads them astray. But when you have that focus on those real principles and that the word becoming flesh. And Jesus Christ, and and then that really can lead you to salvation. Yeah, you know, to redemption of your own soul. Yeah, and I, I think too, it, it's just like, like what we said. Like, there's no. This is okay. So this is this is uh, this is where I would say, as far as sanctification goes, it gets less tricky than other religions is you're not following a script. You're not following a set of rules. Like Jesus says, I came not to abolish the law, but to fulfill it. So at that point, you're not following rules. You're following a man. And then also what we said in Psalm, like your word is a lamp to my feet. Like the word is also Jesus. Like the Bible says in John one, that like the word became flesh and came to dwell among us. Like, so like, you're not just following a set of words. Like, in Psalms, like it's preluding to Jesus. Like it's talking about your word, Jesus. John 1 says, Jesus, the word in the beginning was the word. That's Jesus. And that's not, we're not just following words. Like Psalms is speaking prophetically here. Like we're following a man. And that's what the Christian lifestyle is. It's like following Jesus. And that's also where the Holy Spirit comes in is to not to contradict or bring us astray, but to actually lead us towards Jesus. Yeah, I think so. In the original text of John, when when John in the beginning of John the Gospel, John says in the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and it was originally written in Greek, and the word used for word was logos, and logos translates to now I've I've seen a couple different things, but I've seen it come up. Hey, can you hear me? Oh no, the podcast is. No, yeah. we. Uh, sorry, guys. I'm gonna edit this out. We uh, we went out a little bit there. I don't know. Do you know how many minutes were on when we when we went out? We were about fifty. Fifty. Okay. Um, crap, man. You're making me work yeah. for this whole YouTube thing. I was hoping I would just you know take the audio out, slice it up a little bit. Now I gotta go doctor this thing up, do some open heart surgery because you can't get your freaking connection to work. We're talking about yeah. Jesus and your connections. And it was about like, yeah, I know. 
Where were you? Where were you? The evil forces, man. It's, it's, forces. It's, they don't want us to know. Satan. They don't want the people to know. I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. Let's get back to the podcast. What were you saying? So I was saying in the original, the original language. It doesn't matter. Street, I'm just and he says the word. Oh, he didn't stop for a few. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> matter what you. The say. original language is Greek, and and the word means it was logos <laughs> and logos means we're off track now man because of you my surroundings and poor connection man what's going on <laughs> I, I pulled a, it, man. oh gosh all right continue i don't know why you st- <laughs> i'll i'll mute my mic i'm muting it See, go ahead people know what i deal with on a regular basis and it is barbell robinson the dumbest person on planet earth did you just say robin if anybody my name is robertson mister oh, it's Roberson. Stop, bro. <laughs> I don't care what my coaches tell you. My teammates think my last name is Nobody is in, more need, is in more need of grace than Christian Robertson. Bro, I will accept okay. that 100%. I am. I'm in more need of grace than anybody. Go ahead. I'm going to do this one more time. Okay. Okay. So, but I was saying logos. The floor is yours. It means divine reason and the divine reason was with god in the beginning and the divine reason was jesus christ and the divine reason for jesus christ was our salvation and salvation was found not through fulfilling the law well the law was fulfilled through jesus christ but no longer that we had to completely obey the law for our salvation but the law now like paul said the, that the law just merely pointed out what our flaws were and what our sins was and how to live the right way. And Jesus fulfilled that. He put to rest. He like put to, to the grave our own sin and our own spiritual death once we accepted the Christ, the divine reason. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, golly, there's so many different ways we could go with that. And, and I think that is a podcast for another time. Uh, just like the understanding of the law, because dude, I could talk for an hour and there's Bible verses I should probably look up before I start talking about it. Um, but yeah, basically Paul does say like the knowledge of the law is why you've succumbed to it. Like, but you, you need to know it's, it's weird. It's like, it's a lot of, there's a lot of moving parts there and I don't want to butcher it. And I don't want to go into that rabbit hole that we could without preparing for it first. Um, but I think, Mm Uh, I think we should, um, I think we should elaborate on our third point or our first point. I read them, uh, first, but you started on community and kind of ruined the whole thing. Um, but, uh, that first point that I made that I think is possibly the most pivotal, in my opinion, I think this is the most one of the, see, okay. I'm reluctant to say that. But I, I feel like this might be the most important aspect of the three pillars that I listed. And that's prayer. Because I, th- that's the one that people cannot take away from you. And I feel like that is like our direct line to God. Is prayer. Um, like if you think if you're on a desert island. like Or a deserted island. Like the one thing you have. You don't have community. You don't have your Bible. You might. Hopefully you do. But you have prayer. And, uh, and a verse that goes well with that, just to kind of elaborate like on how, how important prayer is, is Romans 12, 12. Let me bring it up real quick, which says, uh, 
rejoice in hope, be patient in tribulation, and be constant in prayer. And, and that just goes with everything. Like, you know, here it's talking like we should be constant in prayer. And I don't know, I just feel like I imagine you had a celebrity that loved talking to you and you had access to talk to them at all times. Like that would be the coolest thing ever. Now imagine the creator of the universe, you have access to talk to them at all times and they want to talk to you. They rejoice in talking and he rejoices in talking to us. I think, I mean, I think that's the coolest thing. And, and I know for me, that's been a hard thing to do for a long time. And like I said, like convicted, like spiritually kind of immature in prayer. And, and that's something like this last year, God has really been like, building me up in is like my prayer life and i've seen a lot of crazy things happen oh yeah i think that's like yeah really profound that the fact that god i mean that's the relationship aspect of you having a relationship with god you know it's through prayer and god is literally reaching if he wants to have a relationship with you the creator of the universe the ultimate consciousness the ultimate being wants to be in relationship with you you know you individually yeah. And wants to love you, and like yeah, I think that, I think you're absolutely right. That's something that no one can take away from you. Yeah, and um, you can have that at default dungeon, you know, in the middle of nowhere, nobody around you. And you'll still have prayer. Yeah. No, I I, I do think um, I think that is another one that our culture has has really struggled with and I would encourage anybody um you know I'm not perfect at it I'm not great at praying honestly like but it's it's like conversation like you get better as you do it more like with I mean Gus you and I weren't even great friends our first year at NEO but like we we live next to each other we've had so many conversations and those deep conversations like that's when you really grow in a relationship with somebody like in a dating relationship with somebody like you you're not going to end up knowing and loving that person unless you have that deep conversation and a lot of times that like that's where a lot of vulnerability comes out that's where a lot of hurts a lot of pains like you ever notice like when you tell somebody your pain or your hurt or like your past struggle like automatically that relationship grows stronger because of that yeah yeah i think, think that a lot that's that's you know that kind of taps into making yourself vulnerable to god and like like i mean that in a way of opening your heart opening your heart being whenever you're honest with somebody and open your heart make yourself vulnerable that you said that deep into the connection and whenever you're honest with god because i think even in our prayer sometimes we have a tendency to be not completely honest with god yeah you know and i think once we really open up and say okay this is this is what the deal is and sometimes that honesty that consists of be like hey good look god i'm frustrated you know things aren't going my way and i'm and i i I'm just I'm, like I'm really upset about these different things, and I feel like maybe my prayers are being answered, and I don't, I don't know what to do. And it's like, are you even listening to me? And sometimes, sometimes we have those those dark times, where we're, and but God is always there, and He's always loving, and He's always trying to reach out His hand. It's like, look, like the, you know, this, it's going. I'm here, you know, I'm here, and things might be rough right now, but I'm here. That's that's what God always wants to say. Yeah. No, yeah, and I'll just say, like, in my own life, dude, like, some of my 
most profound moments in my faith walk have been after I've been like, God, what are you doing? Like, what is going on? Like, just like, just talk to me. Just answer me. Like, I find a big frustration in that at times. And I, after some of those, I've had, I've had some of the most profound experiences happen. Like I've had God show up in some of the most miraculous ways after having just a real authentic, like I'm, I'm pissed. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, I can't say anything else. Like I'm flustered. Like, I don't like how things are going. Like, why did I have to get hurt? Like, why did this person have to say this? Like, why did this have to happen? And, and obviously God's just kind of like, it would be easy for him to be like, Hey, listen, stupid. Like I created the universe. Like I know what I'm doing, but he never approaches it like that. He's like, Hey, I love you. I care about you. Like I hear your request. Um, like I'm going to do something about this. Trust me. And, and those seasons don't last forever. I mean, it's usually a couple of days. It's usually a day or two, a couple of hours, but being open and vulnerable, God already knows, like he already knows what you're thinking, what you're feeling, but being open and vulnerable about it is, is the most powerful aspect of it. Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Uh, Yeah, it's that's one thing too. Is I think that's important. Is sometimes in the Christian community there's a tendency for prosperity teaching, teachings of prosperity, where people yeah, think yeah. everything's once you once you believe in God and Christ that everything's going to be okay and everything's going to be all sunshine and rainbows, and that is the furthest thing from the truth. It's like <laughs> the Bible teaches that all the time. It's like that is not what's going to happen. Like like Jesus says, the world hated me before it hated you, and the world's going to hate you for for loving me. Oh yeah, you know? no yeah. I mean, God, Jesus literally tells us to pick up our cross and walk. Like that's not a like if you were a a first century Jew, like seeing somebody with a cross, you were like, oh dang it, like see you buddy. Like that's not a a pretty thing. And you know, and Jesus clearly like it, it said like in Hebrews eleven, it says like by faith somewhere like victorious and then by faith like some died by the sword like this is so yeah the prosperity gospel thing like there's certain aspects to it that are i mean 100 percent heretical like not everybody gets healed when you pray for them not everybody gets saved when you pray for them like not everything you don't always get money when you pray for it um and yeah so to teach that i, I mean it's it's very it's it's easy to get followers that way i'll say that oh yeah yeah um, but, uh, just a verse on prayer, another verse on prayer, oh, I'll wait for the basketball game to quiet now. just another verse on prayer. Uh, it honestly, it kind of goes against what I said being, um, you know, being a spoiled little brat almost, but, uh, it says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with Thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And I always think. In a situation, uh, that was uh, Philippians 4, 6. But I always think in any situation, <clears throat> leave it with thanksgiving. You know, if you are frustrated with God, at the end of that conversation, at least say, I don't understand, but thank you anyway, that you are still working, you're still moving, and you're still growing me. Because I've seen you do amazing things in the past, and I thank you that you've done those, and you don't owe me anything but I pray that you can continue to do that. I, I think that's, I think that's very powerful. And, and I think that's how every prayer should end. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, did y'all have a supervisor or something like that? Why don't you ask her? Good children. Uh, children. <laughs> what happened? Some kid was asking, can I go down to the basketball court? There's like, except there's different basketball courts in here, and we can ask if we can go down there. And so, like a bunch of kids. So, I so, like, I was like, do you have a, like a supervisor or something? Are your parents around? Some kid came up to Gus and was like, hey, is there, yes. can we go on the basketball court? So, like, are your parents around, kid? Get out of here. What were we talking about? We were talking about faith or something. I don't know. Should we get into fighting? Like, is that what we should talk about now? I feel like I feel like we've burned our credibility with Jesus at this point. I don't think anybody's listening to us. Yeah, it is. It's hard out here. I don't know. We might have to call it on this point because it's loud in here. There's a bunch of people that's came in. Yeah. Um, and this will be this will be one of the podcasts people look back on and they're like, "Wow, these guys, these sh- schmucks were were really." Really in the thick of it. Oh yeah, that's like, oh, that was definitely one of their first podcasts. Dude, I'm gonna definitely. get I'm gonna get all this traction from Colby Covington. So little context. By this point, Colby Covington podcasts have already dropped. Guys, not every podcast is gonna be uh, as low budget as this one, but we had to make it work. And I feel like this is a great topic that I wanted to get into, that I wanted to encourage you guys with. Don't necessarily look at the logistical side of it look at what the message is okay um this is what the bible says man i i first of all i had a lot of fun gus i appreciate it man uh i appreciate you coming on uh, and had a blast but uh let's definitely do it again next week um all the people that subscribed after colby shouted me out um don't unsubscribe i'm going to continue to be doing uh, a bunch of stuff with with a bunch of athletes, a bunch of people. Gus and I are continue to talk about our life. Hopefully uh, next week, Gus, we get a recap, a uh, big victory over the number one guy in the nation. Yep. Big, big victory. Yep. Um, all right, brother. I love you, man. Have a good day. See you, big guy. Bye, man. Bye. All right, guys. Well, I, I will say I am sorry about some of the poor – technical difficulties, poor connection that we faced there. Um, I hope that you guys are able to see past that. Um, first of all, I really care about you guys. I'm praying for you guys. Um, and I'm, I'm hoping that somehow, some way this podcast is, uh, is reaching you, is impacting you in some way. We're going to keep doing it. We're going to get better at it. Listen, this is one of those podcasts that you guys are going to look back on and be like, Wow, yeah, that was one of their first ones. I don't think the speaking was that bad. I don't think what we said was that bad. I just think the technical difficulties um, on the other end, obviously that was Gus's fault. Uh, I, You guys know I don't have technical difficulties. I'm the man. I run a business here. Um, honestly, I might just fire that guy. Uh, but no, guys, I appreciate you coming. I appreciate you, you joining in and listening all the way through to the end, guys. Um, thank you so much. And uh, if you have not yet, go over to my YouTube channel and uh, subscribe to that. I got a lot of videos. My big podcasts um, will be on that. My Colby Covington podcast should be on that. So uh, keep listening. Make sure you subscribe to this. Leave a review if you want to. And also one more thing, guys. Share this with one person. Um, go, I, I mean, if you got anything out of it, maybe go look at, listen to my last one. Um, but share this podcast with one person. And uh, if this impacted you in any way. So I appreciate you guys. I love you. God bless you. But uh, I think we're done here.